Welcome to the WREL Daily Download. I'm your host, Amanda Lamb. According to the Associated Press, Israeli Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and a leading opposition figure on Wednesday created a wartime cabinet to oversee the fight against Hamas militants after their shocking weekend attack. In the sealed-off Gaza Strip ruled by Hamas, Palestinians struggled to find safety as Israeli bombardment demolished entire neighborhoods and the territory's only power plant ran out of fuel. Meanwhile, militants in Gaza are holding an estimated 150 people kidnapped from Israel, soldiers, men, women, children, and older adults. They continued to fire rockets at Israel on Wednesday. As Americans watch the images on TV and online helplessly, some people here in North Carolina have very close personal ties to what is happening. WREL reporter Chelsea Donovan joins us with more on those local connections. Welcome to the program, Chelsea. Thank you. So you've been speaking to people who have personal ties to the conflict, people from the Triangle who are actually there right now or who have been there recently. You've spoken with some of them. First, tell me about Robin. She graduated from UNC Chapel Hill. And to be clear, we are not using her last name for privacy and safety reasons. Yeah, so Robin and I got in touch. She has, she's been very vocal on Facebook. She graduated from Enloe and then UNC, and then she's been living um, about 35 miles outside of Tel Aviv for about a decade now. Uh, she is a practicing Orthodox Jew. So when all of this happened, it was over the weekend where they, um, they don't turn on their cell phones. They don't drive cars. It's a, it's a practice called Shabbat. And, um, she didn't have any information as to what was going on, but she just started noticing and hearing bombs and missiles going off constantly overhead. Uh, she's got three children. And so, as you can imagine, as a parent, you know, she was incredibly alarmed um, and, you know, for for several days has been going in and out of her safe shelter um, at home. Wow, that is really terrifying. Um, tell me about some of the local rallies here in the Triangle, and their goal has been to support people who are experiencing this, both Israelis and people who are from the Triangle who happen to be there. Right. So uh, as you can imagine, there, there's a pretty large Jewish population here in, in the greater Raleigh area. Um, there's a, a Jewish Raleigh Feder Greater Raleigh Federation um, has a, a campus up in North Raleigh, and um, they actually hosted a rally for solidarity that was well attended. Probably about three hundred people plus, you know, local, state, and federal leaders all coming together, really just to to pray for the conflict, to come together as one, uh, just so they could kind of be together and, and have that time together. As, as you can imagine, they were sort of watching this on the screen, on the television, just like us, and, and really just sort of horrified by the images. Yeah, I think we all feel that way. Well, we will be right back after the break. Welcome back to the WREL Daily Download. So another story that you're working on involves a Raleigh family. They were on their way for a celebration, uh, a vacation in Israel. They didn't have Wi-Fi on the plane, so they didn't know what was happening until they landed. What happened after that? 
Yeah, so they left Raleigh on Friday, got to Tel Aviv on Saturday. As you mentioned, there was no service on the plane. And so when they arrived, they basically arrived to the sound of missiles and bombs um, going off overhead. And as you can imagine, they were completely alarmed, so much so that many of the uh, taxi drivers that they had hired to get them to their um, their hotel wouldn't even drive them because they were so scared to be out on the roadway with all of this going on. Um, they got to their uh, hotel in Tel Aviv. They noticed naval ships out in the water. They said it sounded like thunder. Uh, thousands of bombs going off a day. They described it to me when I spoke to them. Uh, same thing, you know, they had, right when they arrived, they were greeted with the fact that they had to go into a safe shelter in the basement um, and had to go several times within those first couple of days. And um, basically they, most of their tours were canceled. Uh, a lot of people just didn't want to drive them around the country for safety. And it was at that point they decided, you know, we, we might want to get out of here given they, they said they could see the terror in people's eyes. They were incredibly worried about what could happen given what they were hearing outside. And so they, somehow got a flight out um, yesterday, which would have been um, Tuesday to Greece, where um, they are now sort of kind of deviated from their plans. But before they left, they said they donated hundreds of dollars worth of groceries to the Israeli military folks, some soldiers that were heading into to war um, just to try to do their part because they just that was hard for them to to see and experience all of that, as you can imagine. Yeah, and I mean, it's it's got to be the kind of thing that, you know, I know they planned this trip for a very long time. And while it's disappointing, I mean, that's not the primary thing they're thinking about. They're thinking about the fact that all of these people are in harm's way and they were lucky enough to get out. But, you know, there's so many others that aren't lucky enough to be able to leave. They can't leave for many reasons. Exactly. They can't leave. And of course, you know, while their story is frightening, you can't imagine, you can imagine all the other people who are missing or have lost family members. Um, and so they're going to try to spend the remainder of their trip uh, in Greece. Um, like I said, they had planned to go throughout the country of Israel and um, that just didn't happen. And so it was definitely a shock for them to, to sort of see all of this firsthand. Absolutely. And, you know, as you've mentioned several times, we're all watching the devastation over there with disbelief. But when you speak to people who have experienced it firsthand, does it make it more real for you? I think so. I mean, as you can imagine, as a journalist, too, we're all sort of glued to our television in disbelief and disbelief and can't believe what's happened to, you know, these people, children and babies. And it's just completely disheartening. But when you can relate to people that are Americans over there that are kind of just, you know, worried and have no idea what's going on and seeing this play out firsthand, it, it definitely makes it more real. And to see the pictures that they're sending, uh, it's just a really harrowing situation. Absolutely. Well, Chelsea, thank you so much for sharing these interviews with us. And if you would like to hear more episodes, please follow the WREL Daily Download in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or just about any podcast app. Once you follow the show, you'll automatically get new episodes every weekday. As always, thanks for listening to the WREL Daily Download. <laughs>